0: Welcome to the Taproom Exclusive. I'm your host, Dean Zarbaw. Today's show is sponsored by House of Helga. Are you a brewery looking for some vibrant, stunning artwork to slap on that freshly bottled or canned beer? Or maybe you're starting a brewery and need help coming up with a logo. If so, contact House of Helga for all your design needs. They've worked with Masthead, Streetside, and yours truly here at the Taproom Exclusive. You can check out Kyla's entire portfolio of incredible work at houseohelga.com. On today's show, I chat with Vince Rinaldo and Kyle Mullen of Madcap Brewing Company about their major blunder, Double IPA. But first, a taste of what's going on in the craft beer world with this week's Tasting Glass, brought to you by Northeast Ohio Craft Brewery News. Rick Arman of the Akron Beacon Journal is reporting that the Cleveland Summer Beer Fest is being replaced by the Grand Slam Beer Fest, which will be held at Progressive Field on July 25th in partnership with the Cleveland Indians. All that is currently known is that it will be broken up into two sessions and will focus on Cleveland area breweries, and it will also feature wine and cocktails. For more information, be sure to check out Rick's article on beaconjournal.com. Cranes Cleveland Business is reporting that Ohio is on track to have 400 breweries soon. According to the article and statistics provided by the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, there are currently 328 operating independently owned breweries in Ohio today. At this point in time last year, Ohio had roughly 297 breweries. Big things are happening in the Ohio craft beer scene. For more information on this, check out the article on CranesCleveland.com. The Lima News is reporting that 1820 Brewworks, who opened their restaurant in October, is looking to open their microbrewery in June. The restaurant, currently located in Kaleida, currently features pizza, wings, salads, and subs. Once the brewery side opens, the goal is to have 12 taps available for patrons. For more information, check out the story on limaohio.com. Ogrefest returns to the brew kettle on February 7th through February 16th. Ogrefest is a celebration of bold beers and big food fit for an ogre. The annual event promises a great lineup of high-gravity beers packed with flavor, imperial stouts, barley wines, imperial IPAs, and old ales. A great opportunity to expand your beer palate and your taste buds with their smoked dinner specials. If you're into great beers or outrageous foods, this is something you won't want to miss. For more information, visit TheBrewKettle.com slash OgreFest2020. According to BrewBound.com, Cincinnati's Rheingeist Brewery, which just went to an employee stock ownership program, will be releasing some new beers in 2020. First up is Cloud Harvest, a hazy IPA, which will have three different varieties throughout the year, along with Wiffle, a classic wit beer, and Mathlete, a low-calorie, low-carb IPA that will release in the summer. For more information on these new beers, including which markets Rheingeist is looking to expand into, check out the article on brewbound.com. And that's all for this week's Tasting Glass. My interview with Vince and Kyle from Madcap Brewing Company in Kent, Ohio, is up next. We have moved on to the Major Blunder double IPA. Uh talk a little bit about this this is I, I love as soon as i got it i smelled it mm-hmm. and the smell just the aromas gosh, it, the aromas gosh. terrible it's so freaking terrible no perfect that's uh, what i'm it's, talking about it's the be- it, you know it's it's really okay nice actually. and bright and citrus and um <laughs> just it's I, I that was the first thing that caught my attention was was the smell
1: yeah your, nice yeah i think it's got a nice hot profile it's your classic well not classic. i get yeah i guess classic sexy hops with citra and mosaic and uh a little bit of an old school touch of cascade uh in this beer but this uh this was a major blunder um so
0: (laughs) lives uh, up to the name
1: yeah so it we were this is like one of the early beers that we brewed here by accident because i was supposed to be brewing our session ipa uh, boy blunder and i'm real good at math (laughs) <laughs> and completely messed up. To try not to cuss, but um, yeah, I messed up pretty good. And we took a session IPA and made it into a double IPA. Yep,
0: <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does. I was talking to Franklin Brewing Company in Illyria. They did an ESB and yeah. they screwed up and made an Imperial ESB, mm-hmm. which yep. isn't really a thing. No but like I'm sure it tasted beautiful. It well. was it, but it they it ended up being more popular than the yeah, than the ESP. Yeah, I mean, both of, of them were really tasty beers, but surprisingly that that Imperial ended up coming out just
1: Yeah, I'm sure happened it to be
0: one of those things that was like, "Oh, well, okay, well, we'll just do it's a 7% or 8% ESP now." Yep. That's what it is. But it, every once in a while happy accidents happen.
1: Yeah, this was a this was a positive one. It was something that kind of pushed me to uh, try something new I mashed really high which isn't something I typically did with IPA in general and okay. now with New England's it's very common to mash high um, so it was kind of kind of a cool accident to see what it evolved into but
0: so what was it that caused it was it the mashing that caused it to go in no
1: the... I was a
0: moron and like completely
1: miscalculated the amount of grain I was okay. trying. To, I mean. I don't know what the heck I was doing, but
0: I'm glad it happened. Too. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> it was a cool accident. Don't look like gift are in the mouth, right? Well yeah. this is
1: only the because this is only the second you haven't done this beer in a long time too. I think it's the third time. Was that the third it was time uh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe even the fourth. I did, we, the first time was the accident and then I think I probably did it one or two other times before now. So, so. Yeah. It uh yeah, we haven't done it that much.
0: Nice. It's, it's It seems like it's dialed in very nicely. Uh, what's the ABV on it? Eight? Is it yeah, four? it's eight. Eight, eight, eight yeah. Four. Sorry, eight four. Mm-hmm. Ballpark it. Yep. Yeah. Eight, uh, it doesn't drink that. Thanks. It, it, it drinks a lot lighter than that. It's, Thanks. It's a little deceptive in the ABV. I like that. In Sometimes you get too much heat on the back. Yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's and this is a nice, like, like, Columbus Bodie level thanks, man. Yeah, that, That's a high praise
1: if it's even remotely close to Bodie.
0: That's because there's just no, it's just smooth on the back. Yep. Thanks. There's yeah. just nothing that makes it feel like it's 8.4. I can just keep drinking. It finishes like, really clean. It's very clean. clean. You said yeah. the aroma is great. It's one of the,
2: like this is a, one of my favorite aromas of any of the doubles you've brewed.
1: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I think, obviously, Citromosaic and Mosaic are always,
0: arguably dummy proof to some degree. So <laughs> uh, it's perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's going to be good when you pour it and it hasn't even reached my nose yet. And I can smell it. Yeah. I can smell it just from the pour off the tap. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's one of those things where I, that's yeah. just going to make me, make me want to dive into right. that, that beer a little bit more and yeah, yeah. just live inside it.
1: Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's Thought cool. of a beer
0: name, but I'm not going to say <laughs> it on air. I think you guys <laughs> might know where I'm going with that. Um, uh, I would not be surprised to find that name on Worst oh, Beer Blog ever. one day soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the it's it's nice to have double IPAs that that really don't knock your palate clean yeah, too because yeah. it's it's not sitting there where I feel like if I go to have maybe Gold Flash after this, because yeah, okay. I want to maybe not go too double, crazy, too, yeah. too high double in a row. Bring it back down. The it doesn't feel like this is going to affect the flavor of that. Either. This hasn't cr- completely wrecked your palate. Yet. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And we try to we have a I think what two more double IPAs that we some semi consistently do, yeah. and I try to make them a little bit different from each other. So I have a little bit more of a palate wrecker one, mm-hmm. and I have you know one that is maybe even lower uh, IBUs than this, but has you know some different hop character that you wouldn't get with major blunder and it's
2: always nice we always we typically have at least one true traditional double on like I mean, yeah, we is try really to, the only yeah. traditional double we have on iron it's always nice to have at least one on yep, yep,
1: yeah 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 we have a hazy double right
2: now yeah yeah
0: we have the hazy double Wait, have you uh, been playing around with the hazies too yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean I haven't I, I've tried what is I think the common practice for them you know with doing a you know a biotransformation dry hop in Ooh. primary um i tried that i've tried i'm now kind of in a because i might like i said before with gold flash it, it's me about reusing that yeast so i try to get it in the sweet spot so i finish fermentation and then i pull that yeast dry hop and do that but i i play around with getting a little bitterness but still adding a lot of hops and playing with different temperatures and so it's it's been fun kind of seeing where that goes and seeing what kind of hops really respond to using that um, British strain that a lot of people are using for uh, New England IPA but it's been fun for me I know like I said before a lot of people kind of take a crap on it but I don't know I think it's just an opportunity to learn and you know I definitely haven't mastered it yet and who knows if that's ever going to happen and but it's just been fun. It's been kind of like the one thing I've been really playing around with yeah. lately.
0: Well, it was interesting to see how quickly people kind of embraced the hazy trend, where like brutes were coming up at the same time, and yeah. Whereas brutes kind of go almost pretty much got, got overshadowed by Absolutely. by the hazies. Yeah. Uh, and I always enjoyed me a nice a nice brute. Yeah, they're they're cool. It's a cool beer style for sure. And it wasn't something I thought I was going to like. Yeah, you never know. I like. Brute IPA. Yeah. What?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of potential with that mindset of that style, even to apply to different styles of beer. But, you know, obviously IPA is way more popular than most styles, so it's right. easy to jump on that trend. But, yeah, I think, you know, even trying to Brute Pilsner or something like that would be kind of cool.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air. Gold, is Flash your guys' biggest... Biggest in the,
2: seller? In the tap room, yes. In the tap room. Not outside of the tap room. Mm-hmm. I would say probably bullet or IPA is, but in the tap room, yes, Gold Flash.
0: And it's mm-hmm. nice to to hear that because, mm-hmm. you know, we're everybody wants IPA. The IPA you hear about dominating the market, and then you hear mm-hmm. a golden nail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. really cool.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely that. I think we have a lot of regulars and it's just been that easy yeah and like you said
2: i mean it's a great beer for you when it comes to yeast so it's awesome that we're it's in such demand that we do have to keep putting in 10 barrel batches of it Um, yeah yeah it's a i mean it's a solid beer and it's and it does sell it it, it is great that it does sell so well in the tap room like yeah yeah. Mm,
0: yeah is it is it usually a fun brew day other than the first time uh when you brew this beer
1: yeah it's it's a nice easy brew day there's not a i mean compared to Some of the others that I was pushing the oat limits on New England's that transfers were slow transfers, (laughs) brutal. Um, So this is a a nice smooth day, and I get to dump a ton of hops into a beer, and it's it's satisfying. It makes me feel like I'm homebrewing again, and it's a good time.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's it's nice to it's nice to have this this nice just easy. It's it's weird to call an 8.4 percent beer an easy drinker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thankful it
1: is, but it's also uh, got to be careful.
0: Right. Uh, I have a, uh, a segment that I do on the, uh, on the show at the end of uh, every series I do. Uh, it's called Between Two Hops. It's like the end of Inside the Actor Studio. It's a 10-question little questionnaire that I came up that's focused on craft beer. Uh, and uh, you guys are both uh, more than welcome to answer anything uh, that you feel comfortable answering. Uh, the first question what is your favorite style of beer to brew and to drink
1: I mean I know like it, I probably should be saying like Pilsner or something like that but I I love IPA like I don't know when Jack gave me the opportunity to brew Kettle and I got to brew White Raja for the first time it was like the coolest fucking like thing that. in the world <laughs> it was like just that. so cool
0: it's nice to it's nice to see that uh, them doing so well now too, and yeah, really I mean, embracing the the cans and everything too.
1: Yeah, I mean Jack is hands down the nicest and best person I know, so I can't thank that guy enough.
0: Yeah, uh, Ryan, what's your favorite beer?
2: My favorite beer to drink is a New England IPA. My favorite. I was actually surprised. I don't have a hand in brewing, but I was surprised. I, I always thought that, like, gold flash days would be really boring for you brew-wise, but you said that those are... You don't mind brewing that beer. Like, I don't yeah, know I why. Yeah. I guess typically just because it's our lighter. spirit. It's beer. nice to
1: have a guaranteed chill yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> I like to... I remember
2: asking you that on a brew day, and that was something that stuck with me. Like, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I just thought those would be the most boring days for you, just brewing gold no, flash. No, it's nice like,
1: oh, to know, like, like, gold flash. this is going to be dialed in. Yeah. I don't have to worry about too many crazy things happening. Yes. And it's... Yeah, it's nice to have a chill day,
0: yeah. for sure. No, no uh, unexpected problems <laughs> yeah. popping up. No. Uh, what, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what's your least favorite style to brew or to drink? Not necessarily anything that's bad about it, but just maybe something that doesn't strike your fancy as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have, like, my least favorite. I Before, when I was adding an insane amount of oats to some of the hazy beers, transfers were brutal, so I was not too stoked to brew those but yeah i mean i'm i'm excited to learn something so i haven't quite found that beer i mean i know classically rye and wheat mm-hmm. are tricky uh ingredients and i try to be prepared for those days but you know i think there's a lot of opportunity for me to find that new uh beer that i don't like to brew yet but yeah uh, right we've Luckily, it's always been great learning experience. I'm sure some of those
2: hazy transfers have turned you off from... Yeah, brewing. I mean, <laughs> dropping anchor has been a,
0: a pain sometimes, yeah, so yeah. now it's not anymore, thankfully. Yeah. You come across it every once in a right, while. Right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Man, well, as a graphic designer, which I'm sure
1: there's a ton of brewers that say that, including Jack said that... Um, I don't know i mean i've always been creative I've always appreciated art i think for me i've kind of i always wish i could have been smart enough to be an engineer like i just that always fascinates me to be able to like design something that is functional and works and i think i i wish i could be a an engineer of some capacity but i don't know if the brain power's there for me
0: you might want to like math a little bit more
1: yes yeah. <laughs> Mine, as we can tell
0: I'm not that good at it. Mine would probably be
2: the same, like software engineer. I've always liked toying around with it, but I have never
0: done a profession. I think it'd be really yeah. fun to do, problem solving, yeah. why not? Yeah, both of those are really cool. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite end of that, what profession would you not like to attempt?
1: Man, um, I think
0: anything that,
1: like, life or death is on the line. I yeah. feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could handle that pressure and... The people that can is—it's just an incredible, incredible that they can do it. So I—it's not that I wouldn't want to do it because I look down on it. It's just the pressure that it would take to be successful is on another level. Understandable. Right.
2: Work working in bars and restaurants for so long, I—I know I could never really work in the back of the house. Like I have utmost respect for cooks and whatnot. I just know I couldn't do it and have no skill doing it. So. I have, like I said, I have the utmost appreciation for
0: them. I just wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, watching MasterChef, seeing how the, <laughs> those kitchens work, I'm just like, I don't I don't want that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Please don't yell at me, uh, Gordon Ramsey. Yes. Um, uh, what hurdles did you personally face and how have you overcome them in your career?
1: I mean, I guess just any experience that you find out what you don't know, and which is a lot. But I mean, you know, if something breaks or, you know, you have a problem with, a beer you there's an opportunity to troubleshoot it so it's luckily we have a great resource of brewers in the area and everybody's cool and is willing to help so luckily I haven't had too many issues personally I'm sure Ryan could speak on a different level with starting the company but yeah I mean it's, it's usually when something breaks and me not being overly mechanically inclined it's always okay, well, this is going to take me 10 times longer than it might somebody else, but now it's an opportunity for me to learn something, so right. it's it's usually that. Nice.
2: I would say, like, hurdles that I had, I guess the only hurdle really in our, and for my job is dealing, since we're independent distributors, since we self-distribute, Right. I guess that would be the biggest thing, you know, try to convince people yeah. to give us a shot. I know it's kind of a more of a pain for people just to order individual kegs off us I'm not you know since we're not a big big time guy right. we can order that would be the biggest hurdle but it's I mean that's actually that's part of the funnest part of my job though too is is dealing with those people and, and you know trying to try and just trying to get them to, to trying to convince them to just give us a shot and Absolutely. to rotate us in every once in a while too
0: um, what was the most interesting trend in 2019 for you I mean I think
1: we kind of touched on it before but it's hard seltzer yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how fast. I mean, how long has Lacroix been around, and then yeah, all of a mm-hmm. sudden it's like, you know what? We what should add some alcohol. booze to this. Yeah. And, we, uh,
2: I mean, because mine's gonna be the same as yours too. Because Vince and I would text each other throughout the summer when it was yeah,
1: any beer meme or yeah, <laughs> hard seltzer we were, meme would pop up. Yeah, I mean.
2: and we weren't we weren't you know crapping on it. We were just we were kind of amazed like how well it was doing though too. like right. talking to people around here, talking to to craft bottle shops where they said that their biggest seller even more so than domestic beers was
0: hard seltzers like that was mind-blowing at, yeah. at work my number oh, one you yeah. my yeah. number one seller now is white claw variety packs yeah. so I, I think last year we did i want to say just white claw variety or like the big the as a seltzer category like 1.3 billion dollars oh, as like a it was what the industry wow. did last year. That's... Paul, I think IPAs and crap were like 1.5. So that's insane.
2: From mm-hmm. Bottles on a One said the same thing. He said that it had surpassed all the other domestics they had. Granted, those are attacking each other. So yeah. it was selling more than Miller Lite. That's, right. But that was still mind-blowing to me. I could not believe that. That's yeah, incredible.
0: It, it's in, it's insane how yeah. quickly people go through that. It's There's a, there's a lot of people who want it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, what was the least interesting trend of 2019? I mean, probably the same. <laughs> for me personally, uh, I mean,
1: it, it, for me, alcohol is kind of a, a weird thing. Where it's, I appreciate beer. It's not about right. the alcohol. So Correct. I, if I want a seltzer, I'll just drink Lacroix or right. something like yeah. that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily a spirits guy, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just. I appreciate beer, I appreciate wine, and it, for me personally, it's not something that I'm, appeals to me, but absolutely. And I guess
2: mine would be, and I know, maybe it's not a trend that's been happening, or it's, it's been happening longer than just this past year, but I'm not a big, this kind of goes back to my least favorite style of beer, I'm not a big sour guy, and I know it's just been catching more and more momentum, though, too, so it's just personal preference, I'm again, I'm not. You know, yeah. crapping on people that love sour. No, so I just can't get for some reason. I something just can't get into them. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it's it, for me. It, it's it depends on how how it was soured. If it mm-hmm. was a traditional method or if it was kettled. Mm-hmm. I, I found the traditional ones. I can I can do a little. bit I feel more like than I need kettles. to get out there more and try more of them. You know what I mean. There's been, there's been a few that I like on the on the traditional open air fermentation mm-hmm. style that I that I actually personally like and it's really surprised me because right. I, it's not generally something I I go for you seek out yeah um what's one piece of practical advice you would give to someone starting out in this industry
1: and i think just be open and talk to people and don't be afraid to communicate with others i mean you know for the most part everybody in this community is easy and a good you know deep down a good person so i mean if you have questions as long as you're not a jerk yourself, like right. everybody's gonna be helpful. So, you know, don't be afraid to talk, talk to people. Absolutely. I,
2: I would say be patient. I would say, no, sorry, I would say be patient. Like Ryan Ryan had a great strategy when starting Madcap. He didn't really try to overdo things. You know, no, things aren't gonna happen overnight. Sometimes they do, but most of the time, they aren't gonna happen overnight for right. you. So just having patience to stick to it, you know, things aren't gonna blow up for you right away mm. um, would be my biggest point of advice. Nice.
0: If you can send a message to yourself ten years ago, what would you tell the younger you?
1: I mean, lighten up. <laughs> I think is I'm just so wound tight, and I'm sure a lot of people will tell you that, but I it's just lighten up. It's I try not to show it, but it, I feel it <laughs> in my core. But it's lighten up would be the biggest thing, and I tell I probably told myself that ten years ago, and yeah, still, forgot it. Well, <laughs> just don't listen but yeah if i could somehow drill deep and knock myself out and yeah tell myself to lighten up that would be it
2: nice but I mean, don't take everything too seriously just roll the punches like you know everything isn't the end of the world you know it was too reactionary probably back then so yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, a,
0: yeah uh and the last question what or who has been the biggest influence in your career
1: Man, I mean it it's a combo of, you know, my wife and Jack and the homebrew club of Akron Size. Like it's just such a supportive and great network of people and the friends that I have during that time is just you know, it's just been great to kinda of have that core group of people to be there for you and help and yeah, it's those who I'd say has been the biggest.
2: I would say, I mean, I'm going to piggyback and do a lot of different people. Ryan had a big help to me, obviously, giving me the opportunity here, my wife being so encouraging. Um, early jobs that I had just in the service industry, like I worked at the Winking Lizard for a long time, so, oh, okay. you know, just the Winking Lizard as an organization. John Lane, those guys were awesome and amazing. Um, you know, I wouldn't have gotten a start in craft beer without them, so, I mean, probably all those
0: factors combined.
1: Yeah. very cool.
0: Uh, anything else about Madcap that you guys want to get out before we head out?
1: Man, just come out, play some pinball, have a beer, have some fun. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's what we're about.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, tune in next time for another all-new episode of the Taproom Exclusive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.